You're listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. Galatians chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse 6. So if you want to turn there, we have Bibles on the table. You're allowed to open those up and look at those. In fact, if you don't have a Bible, you're always welcome to to take one of those Bibles. We, We want you to have a Bible. We think it's important. And we're looking this morning at Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 6. And this is often, I think, as today progresses, we are talking about Mormonism, which, which may seem like a random topic, but we are on this bigger month topic of heresiology, studying different beliefs besides doctrinal Christianity. So that's where, where we're at. And this verse, to kind of preface this verse, is often read in correlation with what Mormons believe and kind of their story of how they came to be. Christians will quote this verse and encourage each other about an angel from somewhere else appearing and preaching a different gospel. And that's kind of the, the story of Mormonism. So we're going to read this and, um, and look at it. Let's see. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 says, it's Paul speaking to the Galatians, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Verse 7, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. In verse 8, this is the big one. But if, but if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we already said, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you another gospel other than the one you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. It's a warning here. Paul is saying, don't listen to another gospel, even if it comes from an angel or someone is speaking very well. Don't listen to it. So let's pray to God this morning for understanding. God, we we do open our eyes, we open our heart, we open our mind to you, God. We ask you to give us a spiritual understanding of the core beliefs that, that you want us to hold, that who you are, Jesus, who you are, God, the Holy Spirit. God, we pray that you may make yourself known this morning as, as we look at the Mormon faith and compare doctrinal Christianity with the Mormon faith. God, would you be present? Would you show us your truth through your scripture, who, who you are, Jesus? May we worship you in truth and in spirit. Father, we love you. We are, we are excited to learn this morning. We praise your name, Jesus. And everyone screamed? Amen. 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 Um, Does anyone remember 2008? That was just a couple years ago. Um, There was a presidential election, in case you were living under some rock somewhere. But uh, the presidential election of uh, November 2008 was, uh, it came down to, obviously, you remember this, Obama versus McCain, and of course Obama won. But as McCain, McCain was the Republican nominee for uh, president-elect. And as as, uh, different people were... um, wanting that position of the, the Republican nominee, there were quite a few people in the running. And if you're, if you're into politics, you could probably name five or six of them that were somehow in the running for the Republican nominee back in that election a couple of years ago. And one of them during that t- time was a guy named Mitt Romney. Do you remember him? 
He made a lot of news. He was, a lot of Christians really liked him because he was very uh, family-oriented, very biblically based in his, uh, in his campaign. And uh, many Christians liked him. The, he, he began to be, you know, one of the big players for the who the uh, Republican candidate is going to be. And the big thing with him was that he was and still is a Mormon. Did you know that? Um, and it was a big story back in 08. And lots of news coverage was, was presenting who Mitt Romney Romney is and 2020 Dateline, you know, did stories on who are the Mormons, the Mormons, and then they'd, they'd show their history and they'd, they'd interview Mitt. And uh, one particular interview, um, they just had all different Christians being interviewed. It was like, oh, what do you think about Mitt? Is he a true Christian? What do you think? And um, someone, uh, maybe many of you know him, he kind of represents a, a big body of Christianity. He's a, he's a big pastor in Houston. Uh, he's not, he's, he's a, at a big, he's, pastor of a big church in Houston. His name is Joel Olstein. Do you know Joel? He's a really cool dude. He's, he's written a lot of books. He, I think every Sunday there's like something like 7 million people turn in and, and watch his broadcast. And so he's, he represents a big chunk of Christianity. And he was on Fox News and um, the interviewer asked him this exact question. Um, is a Mormon a true Christian? And Joel Osteen is a Texan and big smile. And he said, well, in my mind, they are. And he said, they are. The Mormon is a true Christian. And he, he was specifically talking about Mitt Romney because that's what the news is all about. Whoops. Excuse me. Put this back on my belt. If you're listening via podcast, I bet you're wondering what just happened. That should have been here. <laughs> Anyways, people, where was I? Uh, Joel Osteen, in an interview, the, the, Fox, the Fox News interviewer said, are Mormons true Christians? And then uh, Joel Osteen said, in my mind, they are. And then he went on to say, um, uh, I've, I've talked to Mitt. Mitt is the guy running for president. And he's told me that he believes in Jesus. And so his exact quote is, Mitt says he believes in Jesus. I don't want to judge the little things. And then the, the Fox News interviewer went on to kind of pressed Joel Olstein, the representative for, for Christianity in this, in this um, interview. And he said, okay, what about Joseph Smith, the Book of Mormon, these golden plates? And as, as Joel Osteen was pressed a little bit, he, he said, well, you know what? I haven't really studied the Mormons or, or thought about them, so I, I really don't know. And I think a lot of us would fall, especially if we were on national television, being put on the spot. Many of us haven't studied Mormonism. And if someone just asked us, hey, are Mormons Christians? You, you might not know exactly what to say. And maybe you've talked to a Mormon one time and they said they believe in Jesus. And so you're just like, oh, I've heard them say they believe in Jesus. So sure, they're, they're, they're just like another Christian. They're just maybe another denomination like Baptists, Mormons, Presbyterians, Methodists. They're just another denomination. And, and so we are going to look at the Mormon faith today and, and just present differences and allow everyone in here to decide, are they true Christians after having studied it, after having thought about it and looked at it? We're gonna, we're, that's what we're going to do. That's what this Sunday school today is about. Because I think sometimes all we know maybe about Mormonism is um, some things that maybe we've heard or rumors. In fact, during that time, to go, to go back to 2008, when actually a little before uh, the, the election in November, when Mitt was still running for that Republican nominee, I remember specific interviews with Mitt himself and, and him trying to 
you know, as a good politician will, you know, try to make similarities with, with Christians to win the Christian vote. When he was asked about Jesus, he said, oh yeah, Jesus, I, I believe in Jesus. Um, and when asked about the Bible, he said, oh yeah, I believe in the Bible. I think the Bible is a good, you know, key to, to live by in our life, etc. I believe in the Bible. But then I saw one interview where they, where they began to press him on some of the things that are different between Mormonism and Christianity. And one of the interviewers was asking him, okay, so Joseph Smith is a, was a modern day prophet and your president can can speak new scripture and what's this thing about the, the baptism for the dead and and Mitt was quick to say hey let st- stop here you know I'm running for president if you want to know about my church's doctrine you need to ask the church and so he was quick to put up a put up a, a line and say let, let's not talk about the stuff that divides us let's just talk about Jesus the Bible because a, a good Mormon will say they believe in Jesus and the Bible and here today in the Mill Sunday School, our kind of our bigger purpose is to look at foundational things. You know, just saying, I believe in the Bible, I believe in Jesus. Is, is that foundational enough? Or is there key core differences between evangelical, traditional, Protestant Christianity and Mormonism? Is there differences so deep and so different that we have to say a line's been drawn and, and Mormons are on the other side of that line, that figurative line that we can draw and say this is who, what a Christian believes. And so that's what we're doing today. Um, the greater goal of today, I just want to preface this lesson and say we are talking about Mormons and, and sometimes uh, people joke about Mormons or Mormon bash or, you know, people just throw in the issue of polygamy just to, to bash Mormons. Like, oh, all Mormons are polygamists and we're not here to Mormon bash. I'm not here to, to do that at all. I have Mormons that are friends and, um, um, and so I don't, I'm not bashing Mormons. We're looking at key core differences of Mormon doctrine versus Christian doctrine here this morning. And for a greater purpose, you know, Sunday school, we're not just studying Mormonism to study Mormonism. One of our greater purposes this whole month as we study that this topic that we've called heresiology, the study of heresy, is to somehow, as we engage different beliefs, as we discuss and, and dialogue, maybe disagree with some key beliefs, is so that we might be encouraged, we as Christians might know a better idea of what we believe in the faith as we compare it with another faith. So, that's what we're talking about. Everybody on page with that? Everybody good? Okay, I'm good as well. As far as announcements go, um, if you're new, brand new to Sunday School, welcome. There's uh, cards on the tables. If you pick one of these up, fill it out. Give it to the cool, nice people uh, as you leave, and they'll greet you, and they'll give you a CD. It's got some songs on it that the Mill Band has done. It's got a sermon from the Mill, which meets on Friday night. And if you don't know that, that if you're new, the, the Mill Sunday School is a ministry of the Mill that meets on Friday night. We're kind of like a small group from from the Mill, but we're not that small anymore because we kind of grew because we, we are a group of people that really like to study and go deeper into things. We're kind of like the nerds of the mill, don't you think? And I mean that in the best possible way. So, uh, so this morning we're talking about Mormonism. Mormonism, I think, is so big uh, as, as as a different religion that we're going to take next week as well and talk about Mormonism. There's there's a girl. She's really cool. She's in purple up here. Um, her name is Esther Fleece. She's going to speak next week, and I'm sure she she'll be humble and say she's no expert on Mormonism. <gasps> 
But she really is an expert. She's led mission trips to Salt Lake City, had dialogue with Christians and and Mormons. She has led Mormons to the faith-saving belief in Jesus Christ as we know him. And and so she's really cool. You won't want to miss next week. We're going to continue our talk about Mormonism. And then after that, we have Jordan Haley. He's going to speak, this red-haired dude in the green shirt. He's, He's right out of seminary. He's been studying the Greek and the Christology. And he is going to talk about who Jesus is compared to some other different religions. And so really wrap up this month with that talk. And then in June, we're going to talk about marriage. How precious, right? We have, if you were here last year, we had David Grothy, Daniel Grothy's father, who is our New Life Church uh, wedding, uh, excuse me, marriage and family pastor. He spoke about family. If you were here, how many of you were here like last year during that? It was awesome, right? If you were here, it was really good. And so he's coming back specifically to talk about the, a holy marriage. And, and so if you're dating, if you're engaged, if you've never dated, uh, the, the, the month of June will just encourage you uh, about what marriage is supposed to be about. So those are all your announcements. Um, let's, um, let's see. Let's just review. Uh, some of, this is a skillet. We, you, if you've if you're been coming to Sunday school for a long time, you know that usually there's notes inside. Everybody look inside. There's like some of you may have notes. The majority of you probably got blank ones. There, there were printer malfunctions this morning, and so I'll, I'll try to give you an outline this morning of, of where we are and where we're going, so you could take notes. Because I know many of you really like to engage with taking notes, as I do when I'm listening to a sermon. And so the first point, if you're taking notes, write down the word review. Let's do a review of, of kind of where, what we've been talking about this month, where we've been. If you were here last week, the week before, we, we've been talking about the C word, the cult word. And, and we've talked about in here is like, let's not even use the C word. Let's not use the cult word because that's, that's a slamming word. You know, if someone was to accuse us as the Mill Sunday School, it's like, oh yeah, you guys go to Sunday school. That, it's that cult that meets at New Life. We would be like, what? No, we are no cult. We're weird. We drink coffee and we eat bagels and we learn about the Bible. That's all we do. And our teacher, he's a little weird sometimes, but it's not a cult, right? And so we've, we've been talking about how the word cult is just kind of, it's just not a clear word, it's just kind of a slam word. And so I will not uh, be referring to Mormons as a cult. I will, at the end of this lesson, uh, the kind of, my bias is that Mormons are different in belief than evangelical Christians. And so we'll, we'll refer to Mormons as a different religion. I won't use the C word, the cult word, because that's just a slamming word. And last time we talked about this word, how we, um, an- another word, the D word, the demonization of, of a religion. Do you remember me talking about that last week? I said, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Mormons and like, especially we'll get into this, like some of their secret stuff and like, man, what are they doing in those temples? They have secret words and secret handshakes and it must be so evil. It must be bad. And we'll kind of let our mind run and we'll, we'll, we'll dwell upon some rumors or things that we've heard about Mormons or Freemasons or Jehovah's Witnesses or other of these, you know, potentially these groups that are so close to Christianity yet so different and we'll demonize them. We'll, we'll, we'll just say, oh yeah, they must worship Satan. They must do really bad stuff. They must be a cult. And I think all those things are just kind of slamming, you know, Mormon bashing things, Jehovah's Witness bashing, Freemason bashing things that, that just divide. And, and my, my, the big point of last week was, 
Ask them what they believe. If you, if you want to know what a Mormon believes, ask them what they believe. Feel free to go to their websites and look up what they believe. And then on the basis of what they say they believe, say, oh, we believe something different and it's foundationally different. Let's, let's dwell upon the big differences, the big differences that they and we would disagree on. Let's dwell upon those and not the rumors, not the, you know, the mystical secret bashing stuff. Sound good? You know where I'm coming from? If you were here last week, we, we talked a whole hour about that. Um, so so that, that's as, as part of review. And so the next question is, if you want to write down things in your notes, many of you do, write down the, the, the question, what do Mormons say about themselves? What do Mormons say about themselves? And I want to open this up for a discussion at your tables or if you're sitting in the back, maybe turn to someone and, and, and maybe write down a few things. Maybe someone at your table knows something about Mormonism as to what they would say about themselves. Not things you've heard or rumors, things you know. Maybe you know a Mormon. Maybe you have met with a missionary. Maybe you've been to downtown Salt Lake City like I have. And see my smiling, silly face on the cover of the millet? That's me pointing to the temple in downtown Salt Salt Lake City. So I've been, I've been there and I, I've talked to Mormons. I have a good idea of what they would say about themselves. So would you take a second and discuss at your tables, maybe assign someone to be a scribe. If you're sitting at a table with just a few of you, you can move to another table and say, what do Mormon, what would Mormons say about themselves? Ready, get set, go. You've probably just begun to scratch the surface of things that you at your tables may know about Mormons and specifically what they would say about themselves as far as what they believe or things they do. Um, we, have, we have Patrick here with a mic. If you want to um, just quickly uh, say, you know, like I, I think they, they, they say this about themselves. Does anybody want to start us off? Anybody? You all put something down. Yes, Higgins, Higgins down here has something. Aaron Higgins, everybody. He's a cool dude. Hi, Aaron. Hey, Joe. Well, a couple of things that I've heard from, from Mormon friends and talking to Mormons is that they claim that they're just another denomination. Just another, sure. Mm -hmm. Another thing, too, is they claim that they have a better divorce rate and happier families. They have happier most, families. They, they really do pride themselves on family, yeah. of course. Yep. Thank you. Anything else? Got it. Anybody else? Keith, what do you got, um, Keith? Well, I was in uh, Georgia, and, and, and I, I actually wanted to, like, all my Christian friends said, no. I said, I'm going to get in there and just get to know what they have to say. Yeah. But, but like, I have a friend. Okay, what happened was they believed that Adam and Eve could not uh, produce children in the garden. And my question to them was, then why did God tell them in the garden to be fruitful, multiply? He said, they had to take of the fruit in order to have kids. You can ask them this. Like, this is for sure. Um, and so, so they ate the fruit and had kids. Oh, well, well they had to sin yeah. in order okay. to, they call it transgress, in order to have children. I said, then yeah. why did he greatly increase childbearing? And I said, I can ask a second grader that question, and they will make sense of it. But how come you can't do this? And he says, well, because I... And it goes back to, you know what? I go back and I feel that this is wrong. Yeah. 
Like yeah. what? They go off of their feelings. That's true. Yeah, they do. We'll talk about so that in a second. So anyways, that's, they can't Thanks, have Keith. in the garden. They couldn't yeah. have children in the Garden of Eden. Does anybody else have uh, differences? Yeah. And the dude raising his hand, his name's Chris. He's pretty cool too. Yeah, I actually used to be Mormon. Okay. And um, going along with what he said, that's yeah, kind of true. But they also believe that it was in God's plan for it was basically mandatory for Adam and Eve to partake of the fruit. It was okay. it, it was it was a choice, but again, it it really wasn't because in order for God's plan to happen, they had to partake of the fruit. Okay. So, so Adam but, uh, and Eve stuff. Joseph Smith, according to or uh, who was instructed. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Let, let me just list a few of the things that I put down. I, I, I listed first and foremost the, the idea of a Mormon family. They really pride themselves in strong families. When I, I lived in Utah for three years, and Mormons, I think for, for many of my friends, it was either Monday or Wednesday night. They would have family night, and they'd play Monopoly, and they would watch a movie together as a family. It was important to them. It was like all, all Mormons were doing this at some point during the week, having a family night. Um, maybe many of you know about uh, LDS, Latter-day Saint missionaries. They will, they will come to your door if you want, or if you don't want. Um, <laughs> But they're, they're clean cut, usually guys, however, there are women mini, uh, missionaries, usually wear uh, the badges and a tie, they're, they're sharp looking, and they, they will talk to you about um, the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, many of you know about missionaries, many of you, what, what, if you asked a Mormon, do you believe in the Bible, they would say, yeah, we, we believe in the Bible, if you um, asked them if they were Christians, they would probably say, yeah, we're Christians, and um, let's see, they do believe that they can get fresh revelation from the the current president, who is uh, Thomas S. Monson, is, this, is the current president, and he can deliver new, fresh wisdom scripture like on par with the Bible. Um, they do ha- believe very strongly in marriage and being married in a temple. And um, so th- these are the Mormons, the things that they would say about themselves. Furthermore, okay, so this next big point, um, the, the subheading is foundational differences between Mormonism and Christianity. So if you, if you have notes, if you're writing things down, Write down the statement, foundational differences between Mormonism and Christianity. And these are things that, if you asked a Mormon, do you, do you believe this? They would say, yeah, I believe that, what you just said. And, and as a Christian, you could ask them things that, like, we believe this is different than that. Would you agree? And, and, and they would say, yeah, we believe differently than what you believe. And so we're going to look at some, some differences between the Mormon church and the evangelical Christian traditional church and talk about those differences. So that's where we're going. The first one, so under the heading, this was going to be in your notes, but remember we had printing problems. So so big point, foundational differences between Mormonism and Christianity. And the first point, bullet point A, is Christology. Christology. Christology, Christology is the study of... Christ, of course, you know that. I mean, you're the Mill Sunday School. Of course, why wouldn't you know that? 
So Christology, and Jordan is going to speak later this month on who Christ is compared to these different religions. And so I'm just going to breeze over this point. While it's extremely important, I'm going to breeze over it here so that Jordan can more adequately take the whole Sunday and uh, Mill Sunday School, the last Sunday of this month, and talk about it. But very briefly, if you asked a Mormon, um, do you believe that Jesus is God? They would say, no. They would say, we believe that he is a God, but they would, they would not believe in the Trinity. They would not say that Jesus and the Father are the same. Whereas we, as evangelical Christians, we would say, Jesus is God. He's, he's the same in being. He's, he came down and he died for us. Jesus is fully God. And we would refer to John 1, 1. You know, in the beginning was the Word. The Word ends up being Jesus in this very same passage. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Or John 14, Jesus is talking to Philip. says, Philip, how long have you been with me? Don't you know that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he says, I and the Father am, am one, at another point. Before Abraham was, I am. He uses the name of God, as talked about in the Old Testament scriptures. Um, Philippians 2, 6, Jesus being in the very nature God. And so these verses, these scriptures, we would clearly say, believing in the Bible, we would say Jesus is in fact God himself, whereas a Mormon would say, no, we believe in, in that Jesus is just a God, not the God. I, I met with some Mormons in preparation for this uh, sermon series, and I asked them, so are you, would you ever pray to Jesus? And they said, oh no, we only pray to God the Father. We never pray to Jesus. They do not worship Jesus. They don't pray to him. And that I mean, that's a pretty big difference, don't you think, between what we as Christians believe. We pray to Jesus. We worship Jesus. We think he's God. We believe he's God. And, and so Mormons not believing that is a pretty big difference in, I guess it's more than my opinion, but it's, it's, a, it's a pretty big difference. So uh, let's see, that point. So I, at one point I was, I was meeting with these Mormons, these missionaries, and I asked them, do you are, so you believe that Jesus is a God, but he's not like the Father. And I said, yeah, that's right. And what about the Holy Spirit? And they said, yeah, same like Jesus. He's not God. He's just another God. <clears throat> and so I did ask them, so, so are you guys tritheists, believe in three gods? And they, they paused and they kind of looked at each other and they said, uh, I'm not sure. We're not sure if we're tritheists. And, I, and they said that they'll go ask and find out and come back to me at our next meeting. And so... Um, so if, I went online and, and, and found out that Mormons are in fact not tritheists, that their doctrine is that they worship one God, but they believe in the existence of lots of different gods. Jesus was a God, there's other gods. In fact, we'll get to this in a second, but they believe that they will become a God after they die, if they become exalted. Big differences between Christianity and Mormonism. So, point number two, if you're taking notes, point number two is soteriology. I think we got it on the board up there. Is it up there? The point soteriology. I can't really see it. Is it up there or not? It is up there? I can't really see. You're saying, yeah, it is? Oh, not yet. But they're working on it, right? Working on, they're not working on it? They can't fix it? Aw. Printer problems, tech problems. Oh, well. We'll live. The word soteriology. Anybody know what soteriology means? 
Study of salvation. Yeah, lots of people said it. It's study of salvation. So if you just want to write down the word salvation, that's, that's soteriology. The study of salvation. So soteriology, what are the differences between evangelical Christianity, traditional Christianity, and Mormonism when it comes to salvation? We as Christians would say salvation is by grace alone. And we would refer to, like on the back of the skillet, on the back here, me, uh, silly face, smiling, on the back of here is a sweet quote of the day. It is uh, a quotation from Ephesians. It is specifically Ephesians uh, 2.8, a very famous verse that says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourself, it's the gift of God. So as Christians, we would say, we're saved by faith. We believe in Jesus. Jesus' blood alone saves us. We don't have to add to that um, anything else. Whereas a Mormon really would say, they are saved not just by Jesus, but by being a good member of the LDS Church, believing in Joseph Smith, believing in the writings of the Book of Mormon, uh, being baptized in the Mormon Church, being sealed in marriage to another Mormon in the temple. That those things are a part of salvation. Being a member of a Mormon Church, tithing to the Mormon Church, those are a part of of salvation. And and and. I, when I met with my Mormon friends, my missionary friends, uh, they gave me this. It's, it's one of their booklets, The Plan of Salvation According to Mormonism. And many of you know this, that they believe in three levels of heaven, or they would, may refer to it as degrees of glory. And at the bottom is the celestial kingdom. And that, that's to those who continue in their sins and do not repent. They will receive a place in the celestial kingdom. The, the next one up, the middle one, is the terrestrial kingdom. People who refuse to accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, but who live, honorably, live honorable lives, they'll receive a place in the terrestrial kingdom. And, which is interesting because Mormons will say that Christians, they, they, they would say that evangelical Christians like us, the Mill Sunday schoolers believing in Jesus, that we go to the terrestrial kingdom the same place that people who refuse to accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we would say, but we accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. They, they would come back and say, you haven't accepted the true gospel of Jesus Christ as revealed by Joseph Smith, the Latter-day Saints. And so their, their full kingdom, the, they, they call it the celestial kingdom, they, they say is, is where if you're truly saved, um, Jesus isn't enough. Just believing in Jesus like a traditional Christian, that's not enough. You need to be baptized in the Mormon church. You need to do good deeds in, in the Mormon church. Um, they do believe in baptizing for the dead. Maybe you've heard of that statement. And you, you, maybe if you've never heard of that statement, you, in your mind, you imagine like people digging up people and <laughs> baptizing them. That's not at all what it is. What it is is as a is a good Mormon will be baptized on behalf of someone who has passed away. And so if you become a Mormon and you realize that, oh, my grandparents weren't Mormon, but I want them to be saved, you as a good Mormon could be baptized uh, on their behalf and then send them to the celestial kingdom. They also do marriages uh, for, for dead people as well. The, the, like a man and a woman will get married on behalf of, of, let's say, your grandparents to, to seal them in marriage so that they could truly be saved and exalted in this celestial kingdom. Have you heard of some of those big differences before? 
many of you have, some of you have not. That's okay. Um, big point here is that Christians believe salvation by grace, salvation by our faith in Jesus. Whereas a Mormon truly would say, no, that, that's not enough to just believe in Jesus. You have to be a good Mormon, be a part of the church, tithe, believe in the Book of Mormon, believe in Joseph Smith, because they believe that on Judgment Day, it'll be God the Father, Jesus Christ, and Joseph Smith at the judgment who will be judging you. And that is, a, we would say that's a significant difference, a foundational difference between Christianity and Mormonism. Don't you think? Okay. Point number three, if you're you're following along, write down the word theology. Theology. And of course, theology is a study of, study of God, as many of you know. And according, if we look at differences in doctrine between a Christian and a Mormon and theology, it is my personal opinion that these differences are potentially the biggest differences between the two faiths. Because we believe, like Numbers twenty three nineteen says, man, man, God is not a man. We believe that God has no beginning, no end. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And there is nothing that created our God. We worship a God who has no beginning, no end. The Alpha, the Omega, the one who always is, will always will be, always was. That is our God to whom we worship. We could find many scriptures in the Bible that refer to those things. Our God is without being, beginning and ending, etc. Mormons worship a God who had a beginning. Mormons worship a God who was once a human being on another planet. And to that idea, we would say that that's a huge difference. We believe in a God as, Christ, as Christians that had no beginning. A God that created out of nothing. And Mormons truly would say they believe in a God that was created from another God. Uh, a God that they believe in a God that once was a man on another planet. He did good things. He became exalted and he got to become a God of his own planet. And so Mormons today, if you ask them, uh, do you believe that if you're good enough and you, you know, get sealed in marriage and do some baptisms for the dead and tithe, good standing Mormon, that you will be exalted and someday you will be a God. They would say, yes, we believe that that not just we won't just become like God. We they will become gods um, on their of their own universe planets, and they will be the god of that planet. And the people of that planet will have to worship them um, as fully empowered god. Is that is there a difference there between what we believe and that? I would say I would say a big difference. My my personal opinion is that in the doctrine of theology, that is probably the biggest difference that that we believe in a God who who doesn't have beginning, doesn't have end, who created all things, created us out of nothing. Mormons believe in a God. Um, may, some of you may know this that that if you look at the the constellations, there's a, there's a constellation called Cancer, the crab. It looks like a crab, I guess. And one of the stars in that constellation is called Kolob. And the Mormon god lives on a planet next to the star Kolob. That they believe that man, in, the, in their book, The Doctrine of the Covenants, one of, their, one of their scriptures, they say that God has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's. And then there's that famous quote that says, as God is, man once, 
what is, I always butcher it. As, as man is, as God, man, as God is, man wants what, as God is, man, man, I'm butchering. It's basically, the idea is that we, is that our God, excuse me, the God whom Mormons worship was once a human being like us, and, and that man, they believe as, as if they're a good Mormon, they can become a God just as powerful as the God to whom they worship. Big difference, in my opinion, the biggest difference between Mormonism and Christianity. Moving right along to the final big difference is, I put down the word scripture. Scripture, according to us, means the Bible. Scripture, according to Mormons, means something else. Mormons believe, I'll hold it up for you, there, there are books, there's three books um, you've probably heard of, the Book of Mormon, that's the first section of, of their, their scriptures in, in this book here. The next is, do you know, the, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the final one is the Pearl of Great Price, I heard someone say it, and, and then they also believe that today um, their president can their president is the modern day prophet the the mediator between god and humans and he can receive new revelation and if his revelation contradicts the bible then you would go with his revelation and you'd say that the bible has become outdated or it's no longer correct because god is giving a fresh revelation to the mormon church through who today his name is uh thomas s monson that he could speak on behalf of god and change what has been written and so if you ask a mormon uh, if you have a mormon friend do you believe in the bible they will say yes we believe in the bible and then they may add a statement to that as it is in their articles of faith in the Doctrine of Covenants, and they say that they believe in the Bible so far as it is tr- cor- correctly translated. Have you heard a Mormon say that? Believe in the Bible so long as it is correctly translated. And what they really mean by that is so long as, as Joseph Smith, the, the prophet, the, the founder of their religion, has translated it correctly, they will believe in the Bible. But they would say that uh, at one point, some, a Mormon, one of the presidents says that no single word of the Bible can even be trusted because the church, and they would, they would refer to the Catholic Church of, and, and church history and say the Catholic Church has distorted the Bible and, and you can't even believe one word unless it's properly translated through their founder, Joseph Smith. And they would actually hold, if you had, okay, the Bible says this, but the Doctrine of the Covenant says this, and it's, it goes against each other, which one would you go with? A Mormon every time would say, well, the, the doctrine of the covenants is more holy because it has been directly translated in a modern language from their founder, Joseph Smith. And so on the doctrine of Scripture, as Christians, we would say the Bible, the Bible alone is our authority. If, if someone teaches something that contradicts the Bible, we would say, you know, you're, you're teaching some good stuff here, but it directly contradicts, say, what Jesus said. We would go with what Jesus said in the Bible. As Christians, we believe that this is the word. We don't, we don't have to say that, oh, a modern-day prophet like Joseph Smith or the, the president of, of a church has to interpret it for us or can say things that contradict the Bible, and then they would go with the, the things that have just been said by the prophet and not the Bible. So that's... That's pretty big differences. 
So I just said uh, big differences in what they hold as scripture, going backwards, theology, the doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of who Christ is. To me, it's pretty clear that the, uh, the line, the circle of what Christians believe on those very important matters of who Christ is, who God is, what the, what the doctrine of the authority of the Bible says, those things are, some might say they're close-handed issues, that we believe Jesus is God. We believe salvation by faith and grace alone. And if a Mormon or someone else of another faith says, no, those things, that's not what we believe, we, we would draw a line and say, you're nice people, you're good people, you're sincere. There's a lot of similarities, but there's a line that, and you're on the other side of it. You, 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 you don't, you know, whether you call yourself a Christian or not, I, you know, that word is, means so many different things. But to, to me, it's so clear that if, if, if someone asked me, are Mormons Christians? I would have to say no, because they don't believe in the, the Bible as the full authority. They, don't, they have other books. They believe that Jesus isn't, in fact, God. They believe that salvation isn't by grace alone. There's other things, so on and so forth, that they are on the other side of a line, a figurative line being drawn. So, that's what I would say. Let's look at the very last point that I have today is um, write down this in your notes if it's not there. Write down another testament of Jesus Christ, question mark. Another testament of Jesus Christ, question mark. And it took me about four weeks. I was reading every day. Uh, the, the Book of Mormon is a pretty big book. It's, it's this thick. It's probably comparable to a good chunk of the Old Testament. And, and, I, and I read it, and it took a long time to read it. Um, so I've, I've read the Book of Mormon pretty recently. I just finished it on Friday. And it's, it's titled, The Book of Mormon, Another Testament of Jesus Christ. And I would say, um, you know, if someone just asked me, you know, is, is the Book of Mormon evil? What's in that book? I would say, you know, the Book of Mormon has... A thousand plus direct quotes from the Bible. The Book of Mormon in itself is a story of, and I'll just give you a brief synopsis, that in 600 BC, Israelites um, sailed from Israel to modern day, what is today the United States, South America, what is the Americas, and they had a, a, a Jewish tribe there, and they went on to battle, and each other, the Nephites, the Lamanites, and and, and on down the line, the very end of the Book of Mormon ends with Jesus appearing to these Jewish tribes in what is today the United States and teaching about himself. And so that's, that's the gist of the Book of Mormon. Lots and lots, thousands of Bible quotes. It's, it's a, that's the story of the Book of Mormon. How it came to be, we have to go back to the founder of Mormonism. Joseph Smith, who said that, uh, so he, Joseph Smith lived in the 1800s. I believe the Book of Mormon is published somewhere around 1830. And Joseph Smith l- lived, and uh, he, there's a lot of things you could talk about about his background, but I'll just jump right into it and say that he, he said that he received a vision from God of where to start digging. And he started digging in New York, what is the city of Palmyra in like upstate New York. He started digging and Joseph Smith said he found golden plates, metal plates with writing on them. And he said that he could put on special glasses and he could read uh, the ancient Egyptian that was on these golden plates. 
And, and so it, he wasn't allowed to show anyone the golden plates. So he would go behind a curtain in this room and he would just read the golden plates and someone else would, would transcribe what he was saying. And that's where the Book of Mormon comes from. The, the Mormons believe that the Book of Mormon is ancient, like 600 B.C. Um, uh, up until... It's, it's very, very briefly covers like 600 BC to about 30 something AD. And all this time it was written, it's ancient book that Joseph Smith found and then translated. And um, kind of the weird thing about the Book of Mormon is, um, uh, (laughs) I don't know where to begin, but maybe just begin with a story. Let's say this. So to Keep your head wrapped around this idea of where the Book of Mormon come, came from and this story that I'm about to tell you. is like a made-up story. Uh, let's say two families are arguing over a family possession. Let's say great-grandma had a necklace and the necklace has diamonds on it and it's worth millions of dollars. And there's two families, the Jones family and the Brown family, arguing over who should have that necklace worth millions of dollars because grandma gave it to one of the daughters and one of the daughters, you know, it's, it's either in the Jones family now or it's in the Brown family now. There's two last names of these families. <gasps> Following me so far? Okay. And, and so someone, let's just say, from the Brown family says, you know, they're, they're, they're arguing about whose necklace it is. Millions of dollars. They're going to court. The courts can't decide whose necklace it is. Someone from the Brown family says, Hey, I was digging around in the attic and I found a journal of grandma's. Look. And you open it up and in the middle it says, Grandma gave the, the necklace to daughter so-and-so. So that means it's a part of the Brown family. It's like, oh, well then, case, case closed. We found grandma's, great-grandma's journal from the 1800s. So the, this precious possession belongs to the Browns, right? But the Jones family looks at the diary, opens it up and says, wait just a minute here. In here it says that grandma went to Walmart? What? Like, Walmarts weren't invented until the 1960s. Clearly, this diary is a fake, right? It'd be silly to to hold this diary as a piece of evidence for court and saying, oh, it's clearly that that this was written a long time ago. No. And the same goes, in my mind, that example came up because in the Book of Mormon, it, it was like, for instance, this book of 1 Nephi, it talks about a compass that was supposedly around in 600 B.C., and if you know your history, you know that compasses weren't around until like to, to, to use for um, navigation and boats until like 1200 AD. And so how did that get in the Book of Mormon if it really was written in 600 BC? The, 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 they supposedly sailed to the New World and in the New World are horses, cows, pigs, wheat, and barley. And all of these things, if you know anything about like the Indians and what they had, they had like llamas, corns, and beans, um, you, would, you would look at that and say, wait, I learned in sixth grade that the Spanish came over with horses and the Indians didn't have horses until the Spanish came over in 1400s. And I also know that when I was in third grade, the teacher told me that in, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Like it... Jewish people, there's no history of Jewish people sailing, much less sailing to the New World and finding animals that weren't there, nor having like any kind of archaeological evidences for what's in the Book of Mormon. These, these, these stories, these cities, these battles, these, these steel swords that are supposed to be around, there's no evidence whatsoever, my friends, for, for 
the anything like in the Bible, the Bible talks about like a city called Jerusalem. Can you go to Jerusalem today? Yeah, pretty much. The Bible talks about Bethlehem. Can you go to Bethlehem today? Yeah, sure. The, 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 the Book of Mormon talks about all these really, cities with really weird names, and there's nothing in archaeology that, can, that proves these things happened in 600 B.C. in the Book of Mormon. And, and so, like the other day, when I, had, I went on to mormon.org just to tell you the full story, and I, I put my information down. I want to be visited by missionaries. And missionaries called me the next day and then came over the next day. On, so two Saturdays ago, I had this great meeting with three Mormon missionaries right out of high school. Really nice guys, really sincere guys, really good guys, really sharp-looking guys. And we just c- conversed about the Book of Mormon, and I was reading it, and I was like... You know, there's no archaeology. You know, what do you say? You know, compass in 600 BC? You know, like that doesn't, that's not right, you know? And, and they said, well, there's evidences yet to be found, but my faith isn't in the archaeology and that kind of stuff. My faith is in a feeling. And to them, <coughs> they told me, read the Book of Mormon and you'll have a feeling. You could hang your faith on this feeling that you have that you know it's true when you read it. And, and to them, it doesn't matter that, say, Joseph Smith, uh, you know, made all these prophecies that didn't come true. Like Joseph Smith, out of, out of the blue, I'll just tell you, one of them said that there was people that lived on the moon and they, they dressed like Quakers. And, and, and that's what Joseph Smith said. And then we landed on the moon in like 1969. Turns out there's no mo- moon men up there. Um, and, but to a Mormon, it's like, you know, I don't care about that. I don't care about the archaeology. I don't care about things not matching up. Because when I read the Book of Mormon, I, I knew that it was true. I had this feeling. And, and the basis of the Mormon faith, if you get anything from today, is, is when we compare Mormonism and Christianity, is that Mormonism really rests upon this feeling that they have. That they just know it's true because they felt it. And as Christians, we, we, we can say, oh yeah, we believe in the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit can convict us, but we don't hang our full weight of belief just on a feeling. Because Mormons have feelings, Hindus have feelings, Buddhists have feelings. Lots of people have feelings, but just having a feeling about something does not make it true. To us as Christian believers, we could say, Let's, let's hold on to feelings for sure, but let's really look and study the Bible. Is it accurate? Who wrote the Bible? Oh, we have first-hand accounts of what Jesus was saying. We have outside of biblical sources of what Jesus said about himself, that he claimed to be God, that he was killed because he claimed he was God. And then, and then on the third day, he rose again from the dead to prove that this man wasn't just a man, but he was in fact a God, this being that he was claiming to be the savior of the world. We can hold hold on to, oh, we've had feelings and good things and we've heard testimonies, but we can also hold on to the words of Jesus himself. We could trust in him, trust that the Bible is true. We don't need a modern day prophet to contradict the Bible and just to tell us, trust in your feelings and you'll know that this is true. We as believers, as Christian Christ followers, have, have much more to hold on to than just feelings. And so with that in mind, that, that closing point, let's, let's pray to him. Jesus, we do tell you that we trust in you. God, we want to seek you, know you more fully. God, we, we trust in the words of yourself when you came down and you said that you are the way, the truth, the life. God, we trust in you, Jesus.
We believe in you as God. We trust in you for our full salvation. Uh, We trust in the words of the Bible, what was written down about you. God, we believe in those things. We honor you. God, give us wisdom as we communicate with Mormons, communicate with people of other faiths. God, encourage us as, as our faith is tested, as we discuss things, as we find differences. God, show us what is truth. Show us your word. Show us yourself, Jesus. We leave here excited to know you and continue studying you, Jesus. We love you and praise you. Everybody said, amen. All right, friends, peace out. Come next Sunday. Have a good week.